Hello and welcome back to the Hill and Valley. This is Nick Roby once again, your host. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to the podcast. This is going to be an NC State recap. So, you know, a lot of times on the podcast, we've gotten to to have some fun conversations and this is probably one of those games where you just look back and sometimes you just don't want to dive into it because of just it's hard to relook at. But I think there's a lot to be gained from losing a game like this, especially when you have young talent that the Tigers have and that you just need to look at it and see what we're doing well and what we're not. And there's a lot of different things you could break down. And the, to sum it up, we're, we're going to dive into this, but to sum it up, I would say it's not just one problem. I think, and especially everyone's going to want to talk about the offense, but there's more than just that. I mean, that's the beauty of football is that there are a lot of different aspects of this making up one team. So the offense is what we want, I'm sure. is it, That's what everybody's talking about. I'm, I'm recording this on a Monday night, and that's what we're going to want to talk about. But there were some sparks. There are some flashes in this game, and the, you, there are some improvement things to, to talk about, but then of course um, the team comes up short, you know. So obviously uh, the team falls twenty-seven to twenty-one in double overtime to the Wolf Pack. Was in Raleigh. The game was packed. Uh, you got to give it to them. They, they were ready to go. You can just tell a difference the season makes when you actually get to have fans in the stadium and just the atmosphere. You got to give props to NC State for that. And um, you know, I hate that to see my Tigers lose, but. For a guy like Justin, we had on last week. He's a great guy, and um, I know he's super excited to get to to win. It's been, it's been eight years since they've gotten to do that, and Dave Dorn's never beaten Clemson, and he's this is his ninth season. So um, you could also say it was their time too. So there's a lot of things to break down in this, but there were some positives. I mean, we we improved the scoring from 14 to 21. That opening. First couple drives, you know, that long touchdown drive to Justin Ross. I mean, there were some promising things to look at in there. And then at the end of the game, you had a lot of other good things to look at, too. I mean, Shipley played well, unfortunately, before he got hurt. And you really saw a lot of resiliency from the team. And you really saw a lot of fight from this team. I think which there are things we can critique and there are things we can break down and want more from as fans and as people who are analyzing this. But with the, the effort, I would say, is there. The effort's there. That this, this team has not given up. And it would be foolish for us to think that, to, to have conversations of, like, the season's over and um, wanting to throw everything out the playbook from having years of history to support that this coaching staff has things under control. And there's a lot of plans in place, but if we don't execute – the way it's drawn up, I mean, it just takes one one part of that sequence for a play not to work or for a sequence not to work. Um, I thought the opening sequence or first script, you know, the scripted plays from Tony Elliott were great. And you could see what, what DJ can do. He avoids the rush. He throws a long touchdown pass to Justin Ross, who makes a great play on the toe touch at the back of the end zone. You see the great pass to Ngata. I mean, that was beautiful. You saw a lot of great things, but then in the middle, I mean, we had, I don't know what it was, eight, three and outs. I think we had seven seven yards in the third quarter. I mean, it's just incredible to think of what 
was there in the first couple drives at the end of the game and then what was there in the middle. And, there, I mean, there's a lot to work on. And I think what you can see is that, especially from offensive line play, um, they did give DJ some more time. But I would say, too, that you can definitely see that he is still trying to work through progressions and trying to make sure he knows where to go with the ball. Um, the receivers, the communication, it's getting better. But there's just a lot more things that they can keep working on. And there are times when it's great, and there's times when they're trying to get it going, and um, that's not there. And there are easy passes in this offense to try to get the offense going. You have some wide receiver screens. You have different things like that, and that's supposed to get chunk plays. And it just wasn't always there. And the problem is – and then when you you know get a one-yard rush down the middle, you end up with like third and long. And we just could not convert. We were only – what was it, two for 11 on third down in NC State? They were 11 for 21. When you look at time possession, it's crazy. In a 60-minute game, NC State possessed the ball for basically 42 minutes, and Clemson, in a double overtime game, um, possessed it for under 19 minutes, and they still almost won the game. It's it's crazy. So that, we were finding an uphill battle. And we only had 111 yards passing. So total yards only 214 to NC State's 386. A lot of that's from also to them just being on the field longer. They were moving the ball. Uh, rushing 103 to 148 for NC State. Penalties killed the Tigers. I mean, we had 13 for 94. NC State 11 for 105. 24 total penalties. Almost 300 yards of penalties. Or I'm sorry, 200 yards of penalties. It's, uh, that's crazy. And they got really, um, you could definitely tell how the refs were calling the game. But also, too, we jumped off sides like five or six times, and it gave them five free yards, and sometimes it was first downs. And it's just really, we were not helping ourselves when it came to getting off the field. Um, individual stats, as we go to that, DJ was 12 for 26, 111, two touchdowns, one pick. You know, you see, you see flashes, and then there's other times where it just was not clicking yet. And I think the the way the offense worked the best is when they started using some of the power run game. I mean, he had a 37 yard long run, it was nine for 63. Shipley only had 36 yards, but he was fighting really hard. Um, we just can the run game. It, like I've said before, Clemson is a very run first base team you know in these spread offenses the way the way this offenses seem to work it's you would think maybe pass first is, then opens up the the run game and really when it's the opposite it's the run game i would argue is really what opens up this offense because it opens up the middle and then you have to defend it and then it makes for one-on-one coverage on the outside and then it makes our big receivers like a justin ross joseph Ngata, you know frank gladson hopefully and that's what makes this offense explosive so when you when you can't get the push off the front, I mean, or at least not a forward push, you know, we've had to move our center, our guard over to center, and we have a freshman guard who have been starting, and just some different pieces who haven't stepped up into that. And then you have a freshman, or not really starting, uh, running back trying to pass protect, and a guy who's just started really, I mean, he, he played quarterback last year. But this is his first year being his team. He's only started a handful of games. There's just a lot of newness. And you're start, you can see a little bit of the cohesiveness, but there's still a lot to be desired, you know, and and a lot that can definitely be improved on. And 
I think we really just also miss a guy like you know ETN being able to dump off in the backfield or Amari Rogers. Amari Rogers was huge last year. Just having a key consistent guy, you could throw it across across the middle, get you eight yards, get your first down. You could throw it in his general direction, and he could pick up the ball. DJ's still working on his finesse game. He's got the arm strength for days, but he's still working on when do I zip it in there and when do I try to give it some more touch? When do I try to let it get in there? And if he threw it into Amari's zone, anywhere in his radius, he was going to come down with the ball and at least give you some some good key yards. And we're just missing that. Um, we're having to, to play Justin Ross in the slot where he's dynamic no matter where, where you play him, but ideally you'd rather have him on the outside. And I think we're running into this I could see we're starting to run into this problem of having some of the same uh, skill set type wide receivers and you know not having a um, a specter or just a slot guy in the middle. I mean, that's when this offense is really dynamic or a tight end across the middle. Um, we have good talented guys, but it just it hasn't been hitting yet. And that's some of the stuff I really want to see more of. And, I mean, you got to give your hats off to the defense. They played their – they played – really hard you know and they weren't always given the best situations to do that in and when you have to when you're playing get a third down punt and then having three and out and then having to do it again and again and again um it wears you down and you got to give them a lot of credit for for their heart in this game and we just came up short and you hate to see the injuries brian Rizzi out for the year with a torn ACL. I mean, I wish him nothing but the best. I mean, that dude is dynamic. That dude is, he's a stud and he's going to be back and he's going to be better than ever, but we're going to miss him. I mean, he can play and I just, you hate to see a guy go down like that, especially a knee. So we wish him nothing but the best in that. And we have guys who can fill the hole, but it's really hard to replace what he can bring to the table. So you've got that. And then Will Shipley, it looks like he hurt a lower leg injury. Um, thankfully, it doesn't look like anything's like torn. But you don't like to see him go down either, especially in like a, a, a big game like that where, you know, a big recruiting game for him um, with a lot of his family watching. So wishing him well in that. And just injuries. Tyler Davis is out. You know, he tore his, um, had a torn muscle in his pec and, or in his bicep, I'm sorry. And so thankfully, we're deep at the defensive line, but just stuff like that takes a toll. And over a total of a game, um, it really can affect you. I mean, and you got to give your hats off to NC State. I mean, they really um, they really outplayed Clemson, and the fact that Clemson was in this game, I mean, they definitely did not capitalize on all the things that they could have. But Devin Leary, man, 32 for 44, two, only, only 230 yard, eight yards, four touchdowns. Um, Pearson running the ball in night. They were just consistently just – Getting, getting what they could, getting what the defense gave them, get another five, another six, another four, another six. I mean, it was just impressive. And the guy I was most impressed with in this game was Amezi, the wide receiver for NC State. He had 14 receptions, 116 yards, the touchdown. And that touchdown that he caught was just so impressive to keep the hand under under the under the ball to be able to get that touchdown it was he just he really impressed me um and especially you know against like a guy like an Andrew Booth who's an NFL first round talent of a cornerback um that I got the guy could play Carter at the end um in overtime with his touchdown 
I mean, it was crazy. You got to get their hats off to them. And honestly, the score probably should have been higher than it actually was when you look at the yardage and the total plays and everything in NC State's favor. But they, they, they found a way to win. They found a way to do it. And so you think like Clemson comes back, ties the game, and then NC State's driving to go. Their kickers already missed two field goals, but this those were in the 50 range. This is like a 30, 35-yard field goal down the middle, you know. You know, a couple years ago, back I think in 2016, they missed the field goal to win the game of regulation right down the middle. And you think, surely not again this time. I mean, and at home too, to see that flipped and see just fans thinking that it's good, and then at home seeing the realization like, not again, this does not just happen, and seeing the wind knocked out of them. From my perspective, you I mean you were like, okay, I think we've got it. And you just you see the momentum come to your favor, and then normally in overtime, you know you get to each get the ball at the twenty five yard line and try to score. You normally want to go on the defense first so you can actually see what the offense is going to do, and you want to see what you have to do because if they don't score, you only have to do the field goal, obviously, and that's just a lot less of pressure on that on you that way. But in a way, you kind of preferred it because this is so our defense could actually get some rest. And get a little bit of a, of a breather before they have to try to bear down, and then we get the then we get the touchdown, and you think, okay, we're up, like here we go, and then they score, and then they score again, and now they're up, and they come back. We're down fourth down, fourth and five. I I didn't mind the play call. I didn't mind going for it like that, going for the end zone. I mean, it's a great ball by DJ into the corner. We just couldn't connect, and, you know, it was just a miscommunication. But the ball placement I thought was great. And, you know, I'd rather go down swinging than trying, sometimes trying to force something or, or playing it safe, you know? Like, you'd rather, you'd rather swing and go for it and then throw it to your guy and try try let him make a play, you know? As a fan, that's really all you can ask for. And that's what we did, and, and, and we came up short. And I know... There's some people who are surprised around the country. I know there's some people who are enjoying this, you know, who are obviously not Clemson fans. But, you know, um, you know, it's been a while since we've had two losses. And losses can teach you a lot. They're not fun. I don't like them. You know, as a fan, like, I want everything to win. But we've got a young team. And to think that this year is just over or there's still not a lot to play for, it's just not true. There's a lot to still play for and a lot to be proud of and a lot to keep fighting for. And the season's still in front of you. And obviously, you know, it's not as much as you're in your control as you would like. But, you know, you're not trying to win the whole thing right now. Right now, it's Boston College at home. Who's a good team? And you got to be ready to play. And I know people are hurt. And I hate it for those guys. And the other guys got to step up. We got to be ready to go. You know, they're missing their quarterback. Jakovic's out for the year. So we got to be ready to go, but got to be ready to ball. I mean, that's just what comes down to it. It's who wants it, who wants to, to be out there. And I, I have faith in these guys. I, I love what I'm hearing. I mean, I know that there's not all these answers that we would like to hear as fans, but there's no quit. I mean, I love – and Davis Allen's like, yeah, I'm not on social media. Like, I'm ready to go. I'm, we're we're going to keep fighting. You know, DJ is saying all the right things. He's owning things even more than I would say he's he needs to own himself. But he wants to own it. He wants to be the leader. And he's trying to say all the right things. 
And but it's very fair to criticize this team right now, and it's very fair because there's a standard that's up there. You know, I'm listening to Quack and Kelly on the on Out of Bounds today, and it's very fair. Like there's a stand. You know, Dabo said, you know, they're talking about like the best is standard, and that's what he's set this bar to. And when you've reached the pinnacle a couple times and had that bar, you know, it's hard when you, and it's okay to be upset uh, and be a little critical of we're not at that standard right now and when we're not used to seeing the explosive plays and especially on offense, when we're used to seeing, you know, scoring all these points on people and, and really trying to push to score 21 points, it's fair to be critical of that, but also to think of what goes into the whole picture as well. And, you know, if, if we score that touchdown, we win overtime, like it's a lot better of a feeling, you know, earlier in the week going into Boston college and homecoming than coming out with a loss. And so, we're still ranked, you know, but honestly right now, I mean, it matters, but it doesn't at the same time. It, it's, it, it's gotta be more than just the playoff. You know, it's gotta be more than just the college football playoff right now. It's just about getting better and right about and keep improving and keep going on offense and giving these guys a chance to win. So I think we have to switch some things up because obviously what's not work is it's not fully working right now. And it looks like, uh, they have a little bit on the offensive line and, um, we're going to, you know, it's going to be Kobe Pace's turn, to really, you know, run with the ball. And I, I would love to see some more running out of DJ. I think this offense just flows better. We need some flow to the offense. And that's what I love about the first cup, like the first long touchdown drive, which is the flow was there and you could feel it. And, other, and that's what, that's what we really need. But it's this guy's turn. Like we, we got to do, we got to perform like 111 yards is, is, is just not enough for an offense. That's it's too, it's too dynamic to be putting up numbers like that. Like we're too talented uh, to be putting up numbers like that. So I know it, it's, it's hard when, if you're not a Clemson fan or you're listening and like, it's like you got four and five stars. Like why isn't this working? And not all guys are built the same, you know, like you can't just insert everyone into the same mold and just start producing. I mean, these are still young kids. These are still guys trying to learn and trying to grow and trying to fit into new roles. And, um, it's different when you're the guy and all these lights and it's a big transition too. you know, we've got crowds again, we've got all these things and distancing and now you've got all these people in your face and, um, back to normal. It, there's adjustment period, but we're going to start getting into the thick of it, but it's a one game season and you just got to keep fighting and keep grinding. So I feel confident in these guys, but you know, it, there's, there are times when you're going to have to reload and have to have to see what you're working with and, and make adjustments as you go. And you don't want too many of these losses, but you can learn a lot from a loss. And I'm sure this we can practice. It'll be very interesting to see how these guys respond. What's the mood like? How are the conversations coming from coming from the coaches and coming from everybody? We're going to learn a lot about this team. I think going into the Boston College game, like what kind of What's the makeup? Where are these guys? You know, we're out with Brzee, out with Tyler Davis, out with Will Shipley. You know, um, there's a lot. There's a lot of people who have been talking down about Clemson this year and um, taking shots at them. You know, truthfully. So, you know, it, when you've been at the top for a long time and then and you are not fully there, I mean, people are excited to see something new and see something different. I would say this is a week of like, what are you made of? What are you ready to go with? So hopefully later this week we can 
talking more about the BC game, but I just wanted to give some recaps, just initial thoughts on the NC State game. And obviously it's not one you want to super dwell on, but I think there's a lot we can learn from this. And you want to build off of what went well. And I think the big thing is communication and wanting to make whatever makes this offense flow, whatever makes this offense keep I think when we have a little bit of that up-tempo, not that you want to like be speeding the whole time, but just what feels confident where you don't have to overthink it too much. One or two progressions, if not run, if not look at the check down, if not roll the pocket. It, it, moving some things around just to keep it flowing and then giving your defense some time to rest. Because we've got, we've got guys you can play, but it's hard when you're expected to be on the field for 40, 42 minutes a game, like any defense. There's just a lot, especially with like, grinding out teams and they say there's a blueprint like you're going to see teams try to play the same way Boston College is going to try to hold the ball and try to you know try to wear down the defense and try to then blitz and confuse DJ I mean you're going to see some of the same things and so it's just you know it's coming Kenny how are you going to react to it so I'm excited to see these guys and, and I feel good about what we're building on and hopefully it'll start turning in some more wins this week. So thanks for listening guys. Remember to like and subscribe to podcasts. And for now we are signing off.